Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills is a healing evangelist, a best-selling author, and a mega church pastor. He's the founder of the United Denominations originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, overseeing over 3,000 churches across every continent of the world. He pastors the First Love Church, a vibrant church in the city of Accra, transforming the lives of thousands of young people for the Lord. Now listen to Dag Heward Mills. Yeah. Hey. 
Come on, put your hands together for Jesus. Oh, I can feel the excitement. Put your hands together for Jesus and make a loud noise unto God this morning. Amen. Well, today we're going to have a testimony from our brother, Daniel, and he's going to testify about how God changed him and saved his life. Amen. Let's put our hands together for him as we welcome him. So Daniel, tell us your name, where you are from, what you do, and what your testimony is about. Hallelujah. My name is Daniel Daze. I am at First Love City Church, Ring Road Branch, and, and I'm an usher. So my testimony is about how God changed my life, and most importantly, how I came to be a serious Christian. I grew up as a Christian. I grew up in a Christian household. My earliest memories are my mother waking all of us up to have morning devotion, and it was a daily activity. We use the SU book, okay. the daily guide. Every single day, we'll read the Bible. In fact, I tell my friends that that's how I develop the talents and skills to do the work I do. Okay. The first thing, public speaking, was reading the Bible in morning devotion, explaining what I heard, but it was never real to me. And I would follow them to church every Sunday. Yeah, you were telling me about how you used to go to church every time. Every single Sunday. You know, in Pentecost, which was my church, the tradition is the kids go to church in the morning, they come back home, and then the adults go to church. But because of my parents, I'd go to Sunday school near my house, and I'll follow them. We'll cross like three different neighborhoods, and wow. we'll go to Kwesimitim Zongo for church. The main church was called MK Ebwa Memorial Temple. Wow. That's where it was. And every single Sunday will be going. It got to a point, I even represented the church in Sunday school quiz. Wow. Went to national level. I was third. So tell me, how does someone like this go so far from God and get changed? I think I'd never had like that personal relationship. And because of that, I was always good when I was under authority. Okay, I was always, you know, a good Christian when I was under authority. So I would be going to church because my parents want me to. I'll do these quizzes because my Sunday school teacher asked me to. But when I got to university, you know, I became my own man. And That's yes, I free. finally had the opportunity to do all these things I'd been hearing of. And so I did not take my time. I was really chilling. We would go clubbing, you know, all the sports in Kumasi that were popular from my first year to my final year. I knew all the places. I was known, you know. At a point in my third year, we went out every Friday to meet them. The quiz boy. Oh, the, the, the quiz boy. The represents his church. You know, my first week in, in university, I was doing youth quiz for church. Oh. I was doing youth quiz. And so I went to do youth quiz. I came back. And very soon after, my friend told me he's doing a party and we're giving out flyers for the party. So we would do an akazo for the party. We'd come, go and tell them Oh, it's not far. It's very close to campus. Come, you'll have fun. It will be nice. And um, it got to a point in my third and final year, I picked up smoking as well. And I would be the one who is needed to roll the weed. Like, so what, what does it mean to roll the weed? What okay. exactly is that? Um, with permission, this is how my runner works. Okay. <laughs> it comes in very, very dried up leaves. And you have to grind them, roll it up in a certain piece of paper, it's called Rizla. We like, you have to buy it. It's a special paper. You can't use any paper. 
you buy it, you roll it up, and then and I was very good at it. I'll do it. Please don't try this at home at all. He's not teaching you how to do it. I do it today. In fact, you see, there are some people who they use a page from the Gideon's Bible, the small Gideon's Bible. One of the Apart early pages. Apart from the Bible. One I of the offense. early pages that is empty. Yes, it's it's very good for it. I I, I personally I take offense at what you are saying today. I take serious offense. Messy. <laughs> So, I, I personally did not, I must say right, it. You right. know, because, because of the Christian but background. You saw people say, using it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you say right. some things are extreme, but yes. So, this was in third year, in final year. I'd gone so far from God. And one vacation, I came home. Was it a vacation? I came home for something. And there's a place in Takrade where I grew up uh, called New Takrade. It's near the sea. That's where they sell weed. So, I went to buy a big bag in a brown paper bag. Big one. I came to hide it in my bag, and I and I smoked cigarettes a lot. So I always all this had, time, your parents didn't know that this is how you were. They may have suspected, which is what I'm. Why I'm about to tell you what I'm about to tell next. But I don't think they knew knew. So for some reason, my mother went to look through my bag, and you see, I had buried the weed deep inside. So after that, she didn't find it, but she found the cigarettes, and she was very disappointed. She called me, and you know, she's my mother. I know how it works. So I had a like a session where I cried, I told her I won't do it again, you know. Were you serious at what you were doing? I had no intention <laughs> of actually seeing that, doing the things I told her I would. Like, I, I knew how the system worked, like, because, you know, when I was young, I used to steal her money. When I steal her money and she catches me, there, there, there's a process That's to pass through to be to forgiven. Okay? So, we're just walking so through the steps. just through in the same thing. Oh it was working, but you know, this time round, I, I came back from, from, I came back, and you see something that I didn't tell you earlier. There was a time I actually spent like four hours in a prison cell. Yeah, because they found weed in my, in my fridge. Yes, because the police were coming and it was, we were in a hurry, so we had to go and hide it in the fridge. They, they, everyone ran away, they took me to the prison cell, and when I came back, the boys were like, Charlie, will they do, will they do contribution, come bail you. Yeah. <laughs> It was it was quite it was so quite saying, how did you get changed eventually? Yeah, so after after a while, when I came back from that time, my cousin would call me to to go to church with him. My cousin was the Pentecost pastor in charge of the church, the student ministry Pensa. So he would call me. So because it's a very Christian background, I have a lot of family members who are apostles in the church of Pentecost. They are pillars, major people in the church. But it wasn't really getting to me. But I remember I was listening to music and one, one morning and I decided to give my life to Christ in my room. But you see, I had done that before. I had done it so many times in my life. I remember there was a time I remember the date, 4th October. Like after this 4th October, never again. But I don't think I How many of you can relate with what he's saying? You keep on giving your life to yeah. Christ again and again. I don't I'm think that 4th October, I got to the 10th of October, like to be real. But um, <laughs> Yeah, so, so this time around, I really wanted to do it well. Um, I finished school. I came to Takrade, back home. I visited a friend of mine in Kumasi, and he gave me a, a batch of messages because it was a nice thing to do at the time. And one of them, there was no name on it. They just, just had Songs of Solomon, okay. one and two. And it was by Prophet. And wow. I remember listening to him. I was like, that's exactly how I want to be. That's how I feel. What was it about the message? You know, there was a lot of things, but there was one message that called Hurry Up, My Beloved. I remember I was in, I was in Takradi area of Pentecost at the time and our apostle had just died. Apostle Entry. He's the father of Diana Hamilton. He had just, just before he was about to retire, very serious evangelist who had given his life, won so many souls. How did the message? And prophet said in that message that 
you may have a very short life because God is in a hurry for you to come. So that's like, hurry up, my beloved. God wants you to hurry up and come quickly. So if you have something to do, you have to do it now. Because you may have, you may be someone who has a short life. God may call you quickly. And it's really, really moved me. I remember very well. And so I decided to try and be serious in my church and join. But I got another job. I got a new job. The pressures of work, I stopped being as serious as I was in my church. I wasn't as spiritual anymore. I'd go to work at dawn, so I wasn't praying much anymore. And next thing I knew, I'd moved to Accra. I was back to smoking. I was a regular face at Bloomba. Like, my, my friends run the place, so I know the place. I don't buy drinks. I'm there. And we are just flowing over there. And, um, and, and I'll meet people who I, you know, who I used to be with back in school. Because, like, on campus, my room was like the bar center for smoking. Like, people will come. Yeah, you were deep inside. Oh, the yeah, there are people. There's, there's um, Michael Moore here. The week before Michael Moore went for that Healing Jesus campaign, we were in my room together. We always, we always share that story when, when we are talking. We were in my room and we were busy. And, and remember he told me that Charlie Moreau, they had to go church. Like, Charlie, 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 listen. We, like, we know how the church thing works. I, I really didn't believe, for, to be honest, I really didn't believe that I could change. And that was the heart of it. And I proved that belief right when after that dramatic being saved I went back to smoking and I went back to going out and having sex and masturbating and all of these things and I, in my heart I didn't think it was so possible what was the definite change that's what I, I think that you know I can't point to one moment where I can say I woke up today and I said I won't do this again and it won't happen again but I think that every opportunity I had to do something for God brought me closer to God and you were telling me that you came time. for a service here yeah, one time. Yeah. Actually, I joined, I joined First Love Church fully because I was always listening to messages. I was always listening, listening to prophets. But 23rd December 2019, it was, a swollen, it was a salvation Sunday at the time. Prophet was preaching. He was standing around and he said that he doesn't have a hard time being a Christian because everyone around him is a Christian. Like he always has Christians around him. And at that time, I was sitting at the back. I was like, I want to be like that. Like I want to do the God thing well. And immediately after church that day, I met Pastor Nanedu, who was in secondary school with me. He took me by hand. I was like, I always see you around. You have not joined. Come with me. He took me to Pastor Jeff Odati Lamte of the choir, who was also in wow. school with me. Wow. He took me to Pastor Joe Osaki. He said, I know now there's a group called Business Community. You have joined. Have you heard? There's a group called... There, so there's a choir. You are here. given friends. Practically, yes. I, I now know people. Like, I know people in church. Like, I have friends in the church. I have people that I can sit down and hang out with and all of that. And like I was saying earlier, I think that it's very important that we have churches and we have opportunities to work for God. Because like I was saying, every opportunity I, I, I had to work for God actually brought me closer to him and took me further oh, away come on, from put the your life hands that together I for Jesus. I so I say it with, with a lot of happiness that, like one day someone was describing me to someone and he said that, oh, this guy, he's very available for God. I was like, Wow. Is it me? <laughs> like, oh, this guy, he's very... And, and someone was telling a friend of mine that, oh, I know him at, at Mampong, so at least I know he prays. Like, it's, like, it's not me. Like, you can see that God has changed you. Yeah. Like, wow. look, Come on, put there your was hands a night, eh? Jesus. There was a night, I didn't tell you this, I was afraid they would pond me because it was my birthday on campus, so I ran away from my hostel and I went far away. And my friend called me, he said, like, Charlie Enzo, we come on, you know, go come <laughs> Like, we need, they needed me to come and roll it. That was the whole thing. The meeting couldn't happen without me. Wow. So, I had to make a very a decision. 
they were like, oh, it's okay. We won't pond you. We need you to do this thing. So you come. Like, so that's the kind of person I was. That was my point of reference. But today, even the fact that I'm standing here and I'm saying this. Come on, like, put your hands together for Jesus. To Stand on your feet and, and give glory to God for such a powerful testimony. Yeah. And by God's grace, I'm, I'm involved in, we just started a, a branch of City Church as Ring Road. It's, you know, near Circle. And like I can go on outreach with my wow. pastor. So you have I lead prayers at the meetings. It's very well. <laughs> So what do you have to say? What do you want to say to everyone? I, I first of all want to say thank you to God. I, there were a lot of people that I used to do this thing with. There were a lot of people I got saved with at the time because it was like a wave blowing through my hostel. We got saved and a lot of them slipped back. And look, there was one time one guy came to Accra, came to visit me. Like, Charlie, you're still the blonde. Like, we were, and this is someone who is even involved in his schedule. Like, Charlie let's have a session, let's do something. And it was true for me at the time. I, I hid it from him. I didn't tell him. But I was still a smoker at the time. And that's why I'm very grateful that we have a father who preaches camps, who writes books, who plants churches, who lets you know that there's always a space for you. So, like, there's always a space for you. Like, wherever you are, whatever you have done, you don't need to be nice before you. Like, you don't need to be nice before you can do something. Because there was always a culture of you need to fix yourself up for God, you know? Like, <laughs> you, need to, you need to do, you need to force. So that if you don't force, you're not, you're not good enough. If you don't force, you know? But at every stage, at any point, I've never felt I can't come here. I can't do something. I can't come on, like put I've your never hands felt together for Jesus. Like that. Let's thank God for churches, no. for making a home for all of us. Rejects like us, God has made a place for us. Thanks to God and our prophets. Amen. So, God, how do you want to encourage everyone here before we go? I think that, I think that, look, if there was space for me, there's definitely space for you. Wow. Like, come on. If, if I can stand here and people are surprised about the life I used to live, trust me. It can work for you. I, look, the first time I went for a prime meeting, someone said, Ezo, it's very unlike you. Like, we are not seeing this. You see, if, if this is me, trust me. It and can I believe that really, really God work. is going to do the same thing for you. Put your hands together for Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you blessed by that testimony? You know, can you feel that God is changing and touching our lives in church today? You know, why don't we bring up Michael more to make the testimony complete? Where is he? Michael, are you in church today? Come, come, come. Come and tell us. You know, we overcome by the blood and by the word of our testimony. And today we are being blessed by a testimony. And your life is also changing because you are hearing what God is about to do in your life also. Amen. Michael, come. Tell us. So you know this. You know this, young man. He's been my friend from Genesis. We all grew up in Takrati. So he says the week before you went to church, you were yeah, with I was what was happening for that week. We're getting high, listening to Absol, Kendrick Lamar. I mean, the whole atmosphere was just wild. The two of you the in the two of room. us. I mean, we had Nigerians coming over, like international from, from Central, from, from Central, from Legon. Yeah, 
And the, our room was always a stop because always. I don't even know where his hostel was, but he would come to our place. You see, yeah. God has a plan for all of us and a plan for all of us to get saved. So that day, Michael, you told him that you are going to church. Yeah, I told him I was going for the crusade. And I was like, okay. You go. So he didn't come for the no, crusade. No, no. <laughs> and again, he met me at the Dreams and Visions bookshop. Yeah, then I was yeah, volunteering so was, for Give Thyself. Okay, that was an ISI. So Michael, tell us what happened when you went for that crusade that night. Um, when I went for the crusade, I had... I heard um, Daddy talking about the story of the rich man and Lazarus, and that was the first time I had ever heard it. I was in university, but I wasn't going to church, and that was the life, basically what he described was the life that I was in. And even when I came back from the crusade, I came to tell him that, oh, I've given my life to Christ, and it was okay, but he didn't seem bothered. So again, I met him and he was born again at the Give Thyself Holy, I was like, ah, is that you? And he said, yes, and he also met me, and he was... Equally surprised to find me at the bookshop. And <laughs> so we want to hear your testimony. You see, what's powerful about his testimony is about number one, who he was. He came from a Christian background, which a lot of people in Ghana claim to come from. But then he himself didn't know God and he wasn't saved. So what's your testimony? Where did you come from? And how did God save you at the crusade? Okay, I wasn't I wasn't a Christian. My parents were Methodists. I didn't go to church. I mean, I didn't like even the, the sight of a gathering. People praying in tongues. I used to mock them. When I was in school, I wasn't the SU type. I used to mock at people, SU people who tried to preach to me. There were times I'd even slam the door on them just to not listen to them. I remember when I went to school, I told my mom that I wanted to change my room because we were four in a room and all three were in we were Pentecostals, Apostolic, I just couldn't stay in the room. So then I called my mom and she was very worried that you can't stay in the room. Then she told me she was crying on the phone. So I think weeks, weeks after that, I called her to tell her that I attended a, a crusade on campus and I got saved. And she started to just kneel down. She told me she was actually on her knees on the phone, just thanking God. Because for me to give my life to Christ, then truly it is God. You know, tell us again what happened at the crusade. That's the part of the story we want to hear. Okay, um, after Daddy had finished preaching, he made an altar call for salvation. He preached a message titled, All Dead People Are Still Alive. That whatever background you are from, you may be rich, just like the rich man. You may be poor. I mean, whatever kind of person you are, when you die, you still be alive. And he was describing hell and that the rich man was begging for a drop of water. And that he has been to people's houses, but he has never asked, can I have a drop? He always asks for a glass of water. But hell is the only place that you'd be longing for a drop. And when he made the altar call, he made three altar calls. The first altar call, he made it. People came forward to stand at the front. I didn't move. The second one, he made it and said, there's a guy at the back. You may laugh, but when you are dying, know it is true. What are you going to do with all these drugs? What are you going to do with all these drugs? And it's as if I was the one he was talking to because at the time, I was involved with drugs. And he said, you are at the back. And truly too, when I came, I was at the back. And he said, you were a young man. And I was a young man then. I think I was 19 or 20. Yeah, and he said, this is the final call. He said, when you go to the airport, you hear the announcement, KLM Flight 589 going to Amsterdam. And this is the last chance. If I don't come, the door is closing. And he made reference to somebody who weeps. He said that your conscience is like, your conscience can be hardened. 
Like when somebody weeps for a long time, the palm becomes hard. So the more you hear people preach to you, and you hear the people appeal to you, and you hear people beg you to come to God, and you harden your heart, the more hardened your heart will be, and the more likely you will not be saved. And I got moved in my heart, and I walked from where I was sitting, and I ran to the front. And immediately that I joined the people in front, he started a prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, and I said the prayer. Hallelujah. Are you blessed? So you've never heard the story of Jesus told about the rich ever. man. I you never didn't do Bible quiz. Never, and never. Never went to SU Sunday school. My mom forced me. Never. Even in school, she forced me. We are Methodists. You need to confirm. I mean, no, no. So you were never confirmed? I confirmed just for, <laughs> I know. But then even when I was confirming, people were giving me funds. Because hey, I was very naughty at school. Hallelujah. So are you grateful for your salvation? Yes, I'm very grateful. The devil has tried to move me in many ways, but in all things, I'm more than a conqueror. Amen. In all things, you are more than a conqueror. You know, what touches me about their testimony is that they were two friends, and God saved both of them in two different ways. And God took his time with all of them. And one day, they all went around in circles and all came to meet in the same house of God. And I tell you, you, your roommate, your brother, your sister, your father, your family member, the Holy Spirit is working in them, is working in you, and is bringing salvation. This is a house of salvation. In this house, many people will find Jesus. Many people's lives will be turned around. Put your hands together one last time. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Daniel, for a powerful time and powerful testimonies. Amen. time for the word of God you see we overcame by the testimony and by the blood and I thank God that these testimonies have how many of you feel encouraged already yeah I I feel the reality of the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit is really changing hearts and touching people and today is no exception I don't know who brought you to church or why you came or how long you've been coming but I do know that God has a plan for you and God has a word for you can I have an amen I can't hear you. Can I have an amen? And it's time for the word of God. And just like, just like with Daniel and just like with Michael, no matter how far you are away from God this afternoon, nothing is impossible for God. Nothing is impossible when we put our trust in God. When we hack into the word of God, there's nothing that God cannot do. There's no situation He cannot turn around. Come on, lift your hands, let's sing. Nothing is impossible when you put your trust in God. Upstairs, let me hear you sing. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible when you're trusting in His Word. Everybody here can sing this song. The words are on the screen. Lift your hands, lift your voices. Let's declare this over our lives. Then put your trust in God alone and rest upon Tell your neighbor, you can sing the song too. Tell your neighbor, don't be too big to sing the song. Lift your hands and sing. Nothing is impossible. At the back, I can't see you singing. Upstairs, I can't hear you singing. I can't see your hands. Declare over your life. Nothing is impossible when you are trusting in His Word. Trusting in His 
Everybody, we are singing. Give the voice of God to thee. Is there anything too hard? Too hard for me. Then put your trust in God alone and rest upon His word. Come on, sing for everything. Everybody in this room, sing everything. Declare over your life. Everything is possible. Today is your day of salvation. Today is your day of blessing. Put your hands together and let's receive the word of God from our pastor. Come on, give the Lord a shout of praise. Let us pray. Father which art in heaven, we pray that you open our hearts and give us the spirit of revelation. I want us to pray for a moment for the spirit of revelation. God, reveal your word to me. Reveal yourself to me in these few moments. Touch my heart with the spirit of revelation. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your great blessing that you give to us. We are excited. We are grateful. We are blessed. We thank you, Father, for all that you have done. Manda kalamando la mendere, tora mama na la mashando lebe karabanda la manda rido beledere bere. Oh yes, 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 yes. We give you praise in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for blessing us today. In Jesus' name, Amen. You may be seated. God is giving you the spirit of revelation. Amen. Well, this morning I want us to look at the subject of lay people and the ministry. Amen. Lay people. It's actually a book. I'm sure they'll put it up. Lay people and the ministry. You know, I believe a lay person is an ordinary person. It means a common man. It means somebody who is just an ordinary member uh, who is not a professional. All right? And uh, that is a great blessing that an ordinary person like you and like me can be involved in the work of the Lord. Okay, so all of us are encouraged to work for the Lord. And the reason why I'm preaching this way to you is because I want your mind to be on that rather than on your problems. Do you see? I I want your mind to be on working for God rather than being focused on your issues. How many realize that we have issues? And the issues, if you've been in a church for a long time, a lot of issues don't really go away. (laughs) Things are quite the same for a long time. You see? So, If you focus on the problem, 
so that the problem even becomes bigger. For instance, there are, there are some illnesses. When you think about it, it gets worse. Did you know that? Like asthma. Yes. Yeah. If you if you if you if you are having difficulty in breathing, and then you can become anxious, and it's like it builds up psychologically, and then it can it gets it gets worse because your your mind is on it. You see, and maybe it would have even just gone, but it doesn't go because your mind is on it, and then you become anxious about it, you get worried, it becomes a little worse, you panic a little, before you realize it's becoming a crisis which it is not. You know, and there are, and there are many illnesses like that, many of your pains. You know, one of the things you, you know is, as you grow older, you, you will find Panadol or Paracetamol, it becomes important because, huh? You see why it was invented? <laughs> when, we, when we have crusades and then we have clinics, one of the things we give to people are painkillers. Because as you get older, there are a lot of pains, different kinds of pains in the body, which don't seem to, it's not, it's not any particular thing that you can diagnose. And it's, it's a lot. And it keeps coming on. And a lot of the things are aggravated by psychological factors. Do you see? So that is why we have a whole set of illnesses called psychosomatic diseases. Are you with me? All right. So what I am trying to share with you is that by putting your mind on what you can be and what you can do as a lay person, you'll be surprised that it contributes greatly to ending crisis and ending things that are not ending, that should end. For instance, marriages. Marriages don't get better as you Focus on the problem. Do you see? Let's have a meeting about this. Let's have a meeting about this. Can we have a discussion about this? Yes. As you keep on meeting about the issue, do you see? You'll be surprised that the issue gets bigger. And each meeting escalates the discussion and escalates the topic to the next level. I'm sure a few people who are married here can testify that meetings don't really resolve. I've really explained. And the other person is also thinking that this time I also really explained. And then the next time the other person is saying that I've decided I won't say anything about anything anymore. So let them talk. But you see that if as you have meetings, do you see? If you don't take care, the meeting that you called to bring things to a resolution, you will be surprised that you, you will be going to divorce after that meeting. Yes. 
Because the thing will escalate to a level. Because I was surprised that you say something like this. The fact that you said this, you see, it means that that is it. Look, it it has confirmed what I said all along. But today you have given the evidence of what I was saying. Yes. So you'll be surprised that giving yourself to being involved even in solving some other person's problem and being a lay person who is working for God will bring about the resolution of your issues. You know when I was at uh, Kolebu Hospital working as a doctor and so on, I used to marvel at some of the surgeons, especially the surgeons because I work with some of them. I'm, I mean, as a junior doctor and a house officer and so on. I mean, surgeons, like they are really dedicated. Nobody really knows what they do. You know, they stand on their feet and they stand over a table for hours cutting little, little things and you'll be asleep. All you know is that you slept, you woke up. But the things they know and what they do, and for hours they'll be there. And your life depends on them being um, constant and wise. Do you see? And what they know, and also how experienced they are. You know, and I, I will see them working, working. No one knows what they really do. You know, and one day I was thinking to myself that could it be that? I mean, as they keep on caring for people, God is caring for them. That's what occurred to me. I I remember looking at this and said, this man operating on people. Two surgeons came to my mind. One is Professor Achampong and Professor Bedu. I mean, they were old. They wrote the surgery books which are being used in the school today. Yes. And I, I was with, they were both there. And I used to, old men. Working, working, working. And I used to think to myself, God himself is caring for these people as they are caring for others. Because I, I was wondering that, hey, so they, they, now if they get sick, who is going to operate on them? Because they know everything. You know? You can't be asleep and be operating on yourself. So I feel that God will take care of you as you also take care of others. Amen. So instead of living your life, focusing on your issues and making mountains out of molehills, you know, focusing on trying to have uh, uh, um, a husband. As you become free and you smile and you flow, you see that somebody will pick you up in the spirit. Yes. Yes. And as you, even people who are trying to be pregnant, as you focus on it, that's when the pregnancy doesn't come. If you are experienced with handling couples who are trying to have a child and the child is not coming, you will know if you are, I mean, you, you involved with it, you will see that as they try, it doesn't come. 
when the thing goes out of their mind, which takes time, eh? and they are, they are just flowing, yeah, you'll be surprised. One sister told me, I was, I was jogging because he has given up completely. I know that I'll never have a child. And she was, now she was, she was doing SSA, a press up. This wanted to now, she wanted to now have a, a this thing, Coca-Cola shape. That is what, I mean, that was her, 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 her vision. Yes. So one day she was, she was jogging, jogging. Like she was into that exercise, jogging, whatever, this and that. So then, I don't know what occurred to her that she needs, she, I don't know, maybe she, she didn't feel was something. When she went, no, for years and years, she couldn't have a child. When she went, she was more than five months pregnant. That she has been doing the press-ups, this whatever, jumping, doing everything. <sighs> So, brothers and sisters, your crisis comes to an end as you practice the great blessedness of being a lay person in the ministry. Yes, I prophesy over your life in Jesus' name. And also, you see, even sin, sin, as you try to stop it, it becomes more. From today, no masturbation. I'm in the room. Shebele, 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 shebele. Is it that the not the thing is coming more? Hey. <laughs> you are moving with your beloved. Say, I will not do anything bad. I will not do anything bad. I will not do anything bad. Before you that is all. When you meet your beloved, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> I resist the enemy. Before you realize you are falling. But as you rather move into the work of the ministry, then you realize that ah, it's a long time since I felt those lustful feelings that I've been feeling. Can I have an amen? amen. So, seven things I want everybody to know about Lay people and the ministry. Number one, lay ministry will greatly enhance the work of church planting. Amen. Lay people, Acts chapter 18 and verse 4. Paul left Athens. And Aquila came from Italy, contemporary English version, because Emperor Claudius had ordered the Jewish people to leave Rome. Paul went to see Aquila and Priscilla and found out that they were tent makers. Paul was a tent maker too. So he stayed with them and they worked together. Every Sabbath, that is the tent maker. Are you there? Please, I hope your attention is so nobody should be on your phone. When you're on your phone, I see. And it, it affects me because I don't like to talk to people who are doing other things. 
All right. Every Sabbath, Paul went to the Jewish meeting place. He spoke to Jews and Gentiles and tried to win them over. So Paul went to Corinth and went to these places as a tent maker. Now, if we are to fulfill our ministry of 190 nations, are you with me? Lay people have to be involved. Almost every country does not admit people for church. People see church as causing problems. Religion doesn't help us. Religious things don't help things. You can't go to most countries. A country like India, they don't want, they have so many, so much problem from religious things. They don't want more problems. So when you come and say, I'm a pastor, I'm here to preach. What? (laughs) We don't want to hear, we don't want to hear of you. We want doctors. We want students to fill our universities and pay fees. England wants people to come to school there. If you don't know, I'm telling you. They need school fees. There are many towns in England, they depend on the students that come there in their thousands from the colonies. From the where? The colonies. Huh? Yes. Education. If you go to a graduation ceremony in some of the universities in England, you wonder whether you are in the Middle East. (laughs) Yes. The commonest name you hear, you'll be surprised at the graduation. Yes. That's what they want. They want students. They've built universities and they need people to go there. So if you, if you pause as a student or you accept that you can be a student and be in the ministry, there are so many places we can go and do the church planting in. Today I met a brother who is living for Bangladesh. He's, he's going to do a course over there. I said, wow, beautiful. I didn't know him. I met him today. So I'm going there. And obviously, they, are going, they, will, they will help with the work of God. He's going to preach and to teach. There are places where we need people. When I was in the Philippines, I met one of my church members who was living there. I mean, I, I didn't even know what kind of job he had. He had a big job. He has been working in international things for a long time. And there he is in Manila. Yeah. So, lay people are 100% essential for the ministry, for church planting, church work. We need lay people. When I say a lay person, you are not employed, you are not on a salary, you are not on uh, what? SNIT, you are not on stipend, you are not on anything. Yes, you just work for the love of God. And that is all. Okay? And so the church's culture, okay, and rules includes all these things. And so you must 
decide that you are going to be a lay person who is in the ministry. Tell your neighbor, I am in the ministry. Yes. And I tell you, in our church, because we respect the lay person so much, the only title that has been withheld from lay people is bishop. Every other title is used on lay people. Resident pastor, assistant pastor, head pastor, associate pastor, reverend minister, basenta leader, basanta, santa, 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 every every name. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, because in some churches, in most churches, they don't, lay people are not given that prominence. So if you are a lay person, so you are elder this or council member this or brother this and so on. But here, the word pastor, you see, because we really believe that a lay person is so critical. If you take our church in South Africa, it was started by a student who went to study polytechnic thing, not po- a plastic something in the university. Yes. That technology, I don't know what, something whatever. And when he was there, he started a church. And then the church was continued by a medical doctor who couldn't even get a job where the church was in Pretoria, but got a a job 80 kilometers away. So every day he travels 80 kilometers and 80 back to where the church is daily. So he was traveling 160 kilometers a day, every day as a lay person. No salary, no nothing. And when he was done with that, the church had over 1,000 members. In fact, he's so much used to South Africans that he doesn't even know Ghanaians. He only knows South Africans. So when I sent him to missions in Ethiopia, he only went with South Africans. He doesn't know any Ghanaian. Although he's from Ghana originally. Yeah. So lay people built our church in South Africa. Today, there are full-time pastors there. And cathedrals and buildings. But it was lay people who made the church work. They made it one, Apostle Kingsley, and then this Bishop Clufio, who is now a bishop. He is now full-time. But he was a lay pastor for years. Yeah. Beautiful. And so, lay people, for those of you young ones who have even entered full-time ministry at a young age, you have to know and respect the reality of lay people. If you don't have lay people, you will not have certain things in the ministry. You will never, your ministry will never be great. It will never be big if you don't have lay people. If lay people are not important, the church will never work at a certain level. You need people who don't get angry with you over money, over salaries, over uh, payments, have meetings and discussions over increases of salary. But they are rather full of joy to do something for Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And they are so happy to contribute and say, this is also what I can do. No, I have a pastor in uh, Sierra Leone right now, Freetown. You know, <laughs> you know, if you know the company that he works for, 
He's one of these big companies. But to me, he's almost like a bishop. He's always, I mean, doing things. He's building this building that he's there. He's, I mean, these are lay people. He has never collected one kobo. Do you, do you still use kobo? He has not collected anything. But his contribution, you can never say that we were able to be in Sierra Leone without him. So lay people, is there anybody here who God has called and you are blessed with a job, blessed with whatever business, blessed with whatever? I want you to know that God is also waiting for your contribution, not money. Not money. Your talking and your presence and your involvement and your helping people and your helping with preaching and helping with everything that there is in the church. God is hoping for all this from everybody. You know, how many know that when you are with somebody, you can feel pressure for money? Have you ever been with somebody and you can feel money is needed? Bring money. Do you feel that pressure when I'm with you? That money, you know, we need money. Money should come from you. No, but you see, rather, I want you to feel pressure that God needs you to do something. Do you feel that pressure rather? Yes, that's the pressure that I want you to feel. Because to give yourself is greater than to give your money. To give yourself is greater than to give your money. And I know you are going to give yourselves heartily to the work of the ministry. Amen. Number two, I'm telling you, the first point is that church planting, all right, is possible or the lay ministry will greatly enhance the work of church planting. Church work. Yay. Thank God. Our churches in America. We have over, over 5,000 members in America. Oh, yeah. Five, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, over more than 5,000 all over America. Almost 100% run by lay pastors. Almost 100% by lay pastors. Yeah. They take offerings, they take tithes, they preach, they do everything. It was because of flow that they even knew me a bit more. Yeah. Flow. And the pandemic. Because they, they, they couldn't go to church. So, here, 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 my, send me. I was there. <laughs> Beautiful. Number two, it is possible to combine secular work with the ministry. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Now, you may ask, in 1 Corinthians 9.14, the Bible says, God has ordained that they which preach the gospel should live of the gospel. That's what Paul himself said. But Paul himself was the greatest example of someone who decided not to use this benefit and sacrifice it so that the work of God could go on. Amen. Number three. Tell somebody it is possible. Is it possible? It's possible. You know, all I want you to believe is that it is possible. Once you accept it in your head that it is possible, you will start doing it. Yes. 
You just have to know it's possible. And if you have that mind, wherever you are, yeah, you'll do it. And you see, Ghanaians are travelers. Yes, we are travelers. You know, we had some problems in the beginning since 1957. We've had some issues. So it made us travel. You get what I'm saying? So one of the gifts of a Ghanaian is traveling. You get it? And this traveling has made us natural apostles and natural evangelists. Do you see? Because we like traveling. For a long, we are going. Look, you people, you don't know the difference between Ghana and other countries. All you have to do is to land at Monrovia Airport, land at um, Dakar Airport, land at Guinea-Bissau Airport, land at Sierra Leone Airport, land at Abidjan Airport, and you see there's no aeroplane there. Nothing. But come to Kotoka, you think that you are in New Jersey or New York. Planes are breathing on the tarmac. Ready to move with Ghanaians to Turkey, to Dubai, to Doha, to everywhere, to Beirut, everywhere. We'll be there. We'll be there. Paris, Holland, everywhere. (laughs) Yes. Washington, everywhere. Natural apostles and natural evangelists. I see you becoming a natural apostle and a natural evangelist. I am surprised that the flights have not yet started landing at Kumasi. I'm surprised. Because I know that that place too, there are a lot of natural travelers. Especially Sunyani area too, they have a lot of travelers at that side. Yeah. Maybe one of the airlines should choose there and say, look, that's where I land. So if you want to use me, come to Kumasi and then you fly. Number three, the best New Testament Hello? The best New Testament example of a lay pastor is Apostle Paul. Yes, that's the best example of a lay pastor is Apostle Paul. Yeah. So every lay pastor should say, I want to be like Paul. Yeah. Not me. You should want to be like Paul. You know, one day a brother, he came to uh, our conference and so on. What's happening? Hello? Anyway, relax. And then he went back to where he comes from. And then he was telling the people that, oh, I went to Ghana and it was a real blessing and so on. So they were asking him, so what is it like? The pastor you met, I mean the conference and all that. So who is he like? Is he like TDJ? They didn't know because where they were, they have, uh, they're mostly connected to America. So is he like TDJ? Is he like um, um, Rod Pass, Noel Jones? Was the other one? Was he like Noel Jones? Is he like this? Is he like Miles um, Monroe? I mean, who, what, who is he like? He said, no, he's not like any of them. <laughs> so they said, who is he like? He said, he was quiet. He said, Paul. <laughs> he said, if I, if I have to describe him, I'll say that he's like Paul. That's what I, that's what, that's what I would say. <laughs> it's like Apostle Paul. That's how, that's what he's like. (laughs) 
I thought that was a very high compliment to liking me to Paul. <laughs> but you see, the people who should be likened to Paul, Apostle Paul, are lay pastors. Yes. And I believe that God is about to raise up mighty lay pastors who are going to be likened to Apostle Paul. Yes. The greatest example of lay people and the ministry. Can I have an amen from somebody? Now, number four. The greatest example of, in the Old Testament of lay ministry is the prophet Daniel. Yes, Daniel. Now, in Daniel's life, we see he had three clear jobs that we know that he had. Okay? Number one, he was a member of parliament for the Babylonian province in Daniel chapter 2 and verse 48. Amen? Amen. Look at Daniel chapter 2 and verse 48. Change the version. Change the version. And the king made, gave, promoted Daniel and he made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon and chief prefect over all the wise men of Babylon. Do you think he was doing that as a lay person or he was being paid for it? I'm asking you. A province, you are in charge, in South Africa they have provinces. They don't have regions. They have provinces. Regional minister. Yes. And chief prefect over all the wise men of Babylon. That sounds like a member of parliament to me. Member of parliament for a whole area. Ayawaso or Ketu South or Ketu North or Bantama or um, Lejokuku. Yes. Lejokuku. My father was a, 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 a campaigner at that place. It's a mature seat. Which one is the mature seat? Ayawa, so this place is a mature seat. If you are not mature, you don't have to stand here. It's a mature seat. <laughs> yes. Beautiful. So he was a member of parliament. And at the same time, he was a great prophet. Yeah, a great prophet. High level prophet. Is it not amazing? Yeah, a high level prophet. He was was working for the government. He was working for the government. He had a government job. He was the head of the province. He was the chief over the wise men. I don't know what you would call them. Maybe the wise men in Ghana. Would it be the cabinet? Or the judges, maybe? Or the council of state? Maybe a council of state. Yes, he was the chairman of the council of state. And also a member of parliament for Babylon. That's serious. And he was promoted to that job. And at the same time, he's the prophet Daniel who met angels angels, we read his book every day Daniel 1 to 12 beautiful, he was praying 
set his face to fast and to pray for Israel. And he fasted and prayed 21 days fasting as a member of parliament. Not that serious. To work for God is not about coming to collect salaries from the church or to receive an income from the church. That doesn't mean you are working for God. If it is about working for God, receiving salaries from the church, then there are people even who are not Christians who receive income from the church. Because we, we have some people who are in other religions who work with us. Yes. They work with us. They work for us. We have, they have been with us for years. One of our, one of our crusade guys is an allergy. Fully. It's an allergy. Oh, yes. It's an allergy. Yes, he's our chief, one of our top guys in the crusade. He's a faithful, I mean, he has been with us for years. Goes everywhere. He has flown all over the world with us. Yes. It's an allergy. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's just a small thing. So we thank God. Is it not true? That's a blessing. Now, now when this uh, man... Nebuchadnezzar went out of power. The next government came. And the next government, which was the son, Belshazzar, Daniel was again made a political power and was given a post. Yes. Is that not amazing? Daniel chapter 5, verse 29. Then commanded Belshazzar and they clothed Daniel with scarlet and put and gave and and put a chain of gold and made a proclamation concerning him that he should be the third ruler in the kingdom. Who is the third ruler in the kingdom? In Ghana, who is the third ruler? The speaker of parliament is the third ruler. He was made the speaker of parliament. Number three, if the president is not there, the vice president. If the vice president is not there, the third person is the speaker of parliament. And that was Daniel's position. And he was a prophet, seeing angels, praying for angels to come fight with Lucifer, break through, come down and say, Daniel, you are greatly beloved of God. This was the man of prayer. And he has now been made the third ruler, the speaker of parliament. Do you think the Speaker of Parliament has nothing to do? Try being a Speaker of Parliament and you see. You have to know how to say order, order, order. And you have to know so many words. So many things you have to say. And know what to do. And this was Daniel's job. Now you, you are just a computer. What is it you are doing? Computer analysis, whatever. And you say you can't be in the ministry. You can't pray. Small job that you have, you are you you when they ask you what job you'll be mentioning many words, nobody knows the real work that you do. Principal, what data entry officer? I don't think that's a very high job. 
financial something, asset manager, this, that, that. You'll be mentioning big, big words. As if we didn't go to school, we'll be listening to you, we are afraid. Meanwhile, we are science students and you are an art student. Investment, this, that, and that. I mean, you'll be mentioning. Art students, uh, I tell you, God has seen their ways because, you know, they like to say things. You, you, when you listen to them, you wonder that, wow. It's like financial things are very great and fantastic. No, 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 no. It cannot be. It cannot be. When I was in Achimota school, we had in Form 4, 4S1, 4S2, 4S3. Before you come to 4A1, 4A2, 4A3, when I was there. And that's the highest is 4S1, science 1, 4S2, science 2, 4S3. Before you come to arts, A, which is the fourth level. You can't come and bluff us now that you are working. It's like, you, it's like because of banks and things, you, you, you are bamboozling us. No, we stand up for what we believe as science students. Small job that you have. Look at how you've made yourself very, you will come around, you know, it's like, oh yeah, you know, I was having a meeting and I'm having a meeting. You sit in church, it's like you have so many things to do. I tell you, if you have something to do, I have a thousand more to do. You don't know the things that I have, to, that I'm doing. Yes. You can't even come to church. It's like, oh, it's like it's a sacrifice, you know, because we have a meeting, you know, the brokers of this and the managers of that and the, uh, oh, shame on all your words. Shame on you. Daniel was a prophet and he was the speaker of the parliament and he was praying and he had time for God. I thank God that I went to school. And you know, I never thought of it as I was listening to these financial things. I read a book once by uh, 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 um, a World Bank person and he said that, you know, economists are guilty of creating words you know, and making a simple thing looks complex beyond what is normal. And he said, economics is simple. If you sell oranges, you will earn less than if you sell iPhones. That's the economy. Which countries sell oranges and which countries sell iPhones? It's simple. So it's simple. This is economy. Yes. So, if your country is selling oranges, plantain, eggs, do you understand it? Somebody is selling cars, land cruises, who will be poor and who will be rich? He said the richest is just, it's based about what you do. Yes. And he talked about how this globalization makes, wipes out industries and makes nations return to pastoralism, where they become pastoral. They have cows, goats. Because the factories cannot work. Yes. Pastoralization. And D, so many words he was using. He said, just making things look complex. It's very simple. And it's true. If you have two sons, one is selling oranges, one is selling pepper, and one is selling uh, pigeons or buses, which of your two sons is going to be prosperous? On your birthday, will you get oranges? You get cast. (laughs) 
You see accidents. They spend the thing. It's become good. Plus one is bigger than minus 14 million. No matter how many years you live, one is bigger than minus 14 million. And I say that to all bankers. Take note. Plus one is bigger than minus 14 million. No matter what you say. So please, don't try to bamboozle us with your big sounding job. You have to make time for God. Yes, you have to make time for God. One day I was with a pastor in South Africa, in Johannesburg. He had the biggest church with 30,000 members, white people. And he told me, you know that, one of my top businessmen is coming to Ghana. He said he's, he's the, either the richest or the second richest um, man in Africa. I, I, I don't know. Well, he was very, very rich. So I said, oh, thank God. Thank God <laughs> that he's coming to Ghana. He said, he said, look, I know what you are thinking. Oh, I said, what am I thinking? He said, I, you, I, you think he, he won't come to church? He said, he's not that type. Oh. Yes. He said, for this one, Sunday, whatever, he will be there himself. Yeah, he's not that type of like, you know, small prosperity. Then it's like, you've changed. He says, the richest, and he's coming to God. I said, I want him to come to your church. Yes. You have to, a small job you are doing a pharmacy, you are working at a forest bureau, and it's like you, you've changed. You've changed. Looking at the forest bureau, look at how you've changed. Huh? <laughs> no, 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 no. I said, well, I, I can't do this basenta thing anymore. I can't do this. I, I have this whatever. I can't do this anymore. I'm like this and I this and I can't have whatever and so on. No, I don't accept it. I'm glad I went to school. I'm glad I know I mean, to have a pastor tell me this. This pastor is over 70 years old. And he was telling me, he said, no, it's not like this. You know, I know people, they, when they are whatever, they don't come to church. Pastors have, we have common experiences. We have common experiences. Yes. I was sitting with Dr. Mohan. He had the biggest church in India, 60,000 members. He told me, rich people, they don't give. He said, my experience. His church is where the, uh, the high-tech Computer, whatever, in India is in that city. Yeah, Chennai. He said, rich people, they don't give. He said, ordinary people who give. He said, that's my experience. He said, I also, I've also experienced that. If you get a rich person, the person is unusual. When you get somebody who is high up, I mean, somebody becomes high up. I mean, I don't know if any of you is ever going to be a president or vice president or whatever. It would be good to see you as a basenta, vice president, you are a basenta leader. I mean, a president, you are a basenta leader. You are holding a jubilee house. You are having your basenta meeting. I think it will be a good testimony. You <laughs> huh? having a shepherd's meeting. Yes. 
as a president or vice president or something powerful. Wow. I know God is going to raise up a lot of lay people and you are going to use, you are never going to use your small promotion as, an, as a, a reason. Oh, I, I work in the parliament. You are a security at the parliament. And it's now, so I, I work at parliament. You are a security guard. Eh? You are a security man at the parliament. So I work at parliament, you know, the parliament is... Now, many people, now Belshazzar, after appointing Daniel, okay, as the speaker, died. And many people thought that Daniel's lay ministry was over. But the next person who came, which is Darius, this is history, also decided to appoint this same Daniel to a high position. So let's look at it. Daniel chapter 6, verse 1. And it pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 princes who should be over the whole kingdom. Does it not sound like a parliament to you? Does it not sound like a parliament to you? And verse 2. Beautiful. And over these, over this parliament, he decided to set three presidents of whom Daniel was first. What is this? That the princes might give accounts unto them and that the king should have no damage. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know that Daniel survived three different governments. He was always important and he always had government jobs. He always had government jobs. He was like a master civil servant or political and he was politically favored and each position he had didn't destroy him yes you know this one is in Daniel 6 this is, this, this is the man who put him in the, the, the lion's den is this one the, there are three kings you, you remember the names Nebuchadnezzar Belshazzar the son of Nebuchadnezzar and these were Babylonians, but they were attacked by the Persians. So the Persians took over. So the Persians' president was Darius. So it's Nebuchadnezzar then to his son Belshazzar. Then after that, there was a revolution or there was an overthrow. And then Darius came in from the Persians. Each of these regimes, this man was, this man was, was maintained. And each time, he was a spiritual man. It is later on that he was praying three times a day. And they sought right here three times a day to find something wrong with him. They, they wanted to find something wrong with him. And they said, we cannot find anything wrong with this man unless we can find something wrong with him concerning his God. Serious. So remember when he had the, uh, the, the, the king had a dream and he called the wise man and said, 
tell me the dream I had because you guys are liars. You want me to tell you the dream, then after that you tell me lies and interpretation. Tell me the dream I dreamt, and after that tell me the interpretation. That was Nebuchadnezzar. That was Nebuchadnezzar. That happened during Nebuchadnezzar's time. Yes. Then, Belshazzar was the one that we had where the handwriting came on the wall and they were writing on the wall and his knees began to smite against each other and he was afraid. That's King Belshazzar. Then, the prayer one where they put him in the lion's den is Darius. Each time he was a powerful person and he was a prophet and a prayerful man. Amen. Amen. The man on the screen, you'll be changed after the service. Turn to Daniel chapter 6. I find it myself. Then verse 4. And then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and the princes. Verse 3. Because an excellent spirit was found in him. And the princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom. But they could find none occasion nor fault. For as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found with him. Then said the man in verse 5, We shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of God. Then the prisons, they gathered and made them sign an agreement. Verse 9. Wherefore, Darius signed the writing. Okay? And when Daniel saw that the writing was signed, he went into his house. Okay? His windows being open as a lay pastor, as a lay prophet. His windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem. He kneeled upon. There was no change. There was no change. There was no change even though it was, he was high up. He was preferred above all the princes, all the presidents. There was no change in this layman. Even though he was going higher, he was becoming more powerful, more rich, more whatever it is you want. There was no change. And he kneeled upon his knees three times a day as he did before and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Ah! Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication. You see, that statement as he did aforetime is critical. As you did when you were young. You know, one day I took my children to Kolebu with my guitar. And I went to, back to the hostel where I used to preach when I was a student. Before I became bishop and whatnot. And I stood there and I sang. Do you remember? Yes. I preached to the doctors again. I said, look, at dawn, I took them at dawn. I said, what I used to do, I can still do it. I can still do it. As I did a four time. How old were you guys? Six or seven or eight years old. Yeah. Why not? A four time. Ask your neighbor, what do you used to do a four time? What do you used to do a four time? Hmm? You used to have your quiet time. Said so now, oh no, because I whatever, I have my quiet time in the car. I have my quiet time in the car. Indeed, God will bless you in the car. Now I have my quiet time in the car. I, 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 I listen to messages in the car, so that's my quiet time. You used to wait on God. You could pray. But now it's like small prosperity, small. 
We must feel your presence in the ministry. Amen. Now they decided, then came and they came to the king's decree and they said, has thou not signed the decree that every man shall ask a petition of God within 30 days? If he doesn't, he'll be cast in the den of lions. And the king said, it's true. Then they answered and said before the king, Daniel, which is of the children of the captivity of Judah, regardeth not thee, O king. There are many people who always want to tell the king that this man doesn't respect you. It's amazing. He said, Daniel, Daniel doesn't regard you. He doesn't respect you. Everything seems to be in the Bible. (laughs) (laughs) Then the king, when he heard these words, was so displeased with himself. And he set his heart to, to deliver Daniel. And he labored. Then these men assembled and said, Look, the law of the Persians is that no decree which the king established may be changed. Then the king brought Daniel and they cast him into the den of lions. And now the king spake and said to Daniel, Thy God whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. Wow. And a stone was brought and laid upon the mouth of the den. And the king sealed it with his own signet that the purpose might be, not be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king went to his palace and passed the night fasting. The king himself went to fast. Neither were instruments of music brought before him and his sleep went from him. He was thinking about Daniel. Then the king arose very early in the morning and went into the haste to the den of lions. When he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel. Oh, Daniel! Daniel! And the king spake and said to Daniel, Oh, Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God, whom thou servest, continue able to deliver thee from these lions? Then said Daniel with a strong voice, Oh, king, live forever. I'm still here. I'm around. I'm in the system. I'm still in the system. Things are working. The power of God is moving. Hallelujah. My God has sent his angel and has shut the lion's mouths that they have not hurt me. For as much as before him, innocency was found in me and also before thee. O king, have I done no hurt? Then the king was exceedingly glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken out of the den and no manner was hurt, no scratch, no nothing was found on him. Wow! Because he believed in his God. And the king commanded and they brought those men who had accused Daniel. And they cast them into the den of lions. Them, their children, and their wives. And the lions had mastery over them and break all their bones in pieces. Whenever they came at the bottom of the den, when they arrived, now the lions rap, rap. Ram. Tarabasa. Then King Darius wrote unto all the people, said, I make a decree that in every dominion the men may tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. Look at lay ministry. Clap for the lay ministry and what a lay person can do for God. Amen. Now, number five or number six, 
Whichever number, choose one. What number do you have? Five. Flexibility is necessary in the ministry. This is something important you must know about the ministry. Flexibility. Flexible. If you are going to be successful, you have to be flexible. Philippians chapter 4. Let's look at verse 11. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 11. Hmm. Amen. Philippians chapter 4. Not that I speak in respect of want. Do you see? No, no, no. I'm not speaking in this preaching because I need something. No, 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 no. For I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I've learned it. Verse 12. I know how to be abased. I know how to do it. And I know how to abound. Like I know how to be a poor man. And I know how to be a rich man. The two I know how to do them. Whichever one it is. And in all things, I am instructed to be full and to be hungry. God instructs me to do both. Sometimes I should be full, sometimes I should be hungry. If I have to be a lay person, I can be a lay person. If I have to be a full-time person, I can be a full-time person. No one should be rigid in your decision to serve God. That is where you really show your humility. Because Paul said, I know how to flow. I can flow this way. I can. If I have to be a doctor tomorrow, I, I know how to do it. Because I'm still, I'm still active. Yes. I can swing tomorrow, instantly. Tomorrow I can be at the clinic and start. Yeah. Because I'm active. I'm ready. And I don't allow all my professionals around me to not be active in their professional fields. Any professional, if you know something in school, you must be on it. Yeah. Even though you are in the ministry, yeah. you must, you must, be, you must be ready. Because we need everything. We need everything. We can flow like this or we can flow yeah. like this. If you are a lawyer, you have to flow. If you are an engineer, flow. Everything must be on and active. He says, I know how to be full. I know how to abound and I know how to suffer need. Rigidity will destroy you. Yes. You see, the church fly causes more trouble for the buffalo than the buffalo causes for the church fly. Yes. You don't understand what I'm saying, right? The buffalo is like a big cow and there's a fly worrying him. Always, you see them shaking and trying to get, that's why they go into the mud. And that fly causes disturbance. Although the buffalo is big, it's like he's not able to slap the fly. So when you are big and stiff, do you see, you'll be surprised the things that will disturb you that shouldn't have disturbed you. That you are not flexible. The church fly is very flexible. Yes. A church fly causes more trouble. Because he can go up, come down, go here, go here, go here. As soon as you make yourself stiff and big, big and stiff, I mean, full time, full time, they don't have any whatever. You've already got a problem. You already have a spiritual problem. I mean, I don't want to be a full time pastor. You've got a problem already. Or you are a lay person 
and you don't, you don't want to be full-time, or you are full-time, but you don't want to be a lay person, you also, you also have a big problem. Flexibility will make you great. You don't want to be a house help. You'll be surprised that being a house help will take you further than being what you think you are. You are you say what? Soft what? Software. Something. Hmm. Keep on softing your, your, your words. <laughs> God is looking for flexible people who are ready to do anything for him. Oh, you want, Lord, you want me to be a student? I can be a student. One time I called one of my, my good pastors and I said to him, look, I need somebody in this country. I know you finished school years ago. The only way to go to this country is to be a student. Wow. Uh, he applied immediately to the university and went back to school. Yes. A grown-up. A grown-up. He went back to school. One day I had one of my administrators, my top administrator, actually. Top man. I was working with him. One day I called him. I said, you know, he was full-time. I need your help in this country. You will be more useful to me in this country. He was almost like my right-hand man. I was working with him. I said, you'll be useful to me here. He said, are you serious? I said, yes. I said, trust me. That's what is good for, for I need. I need it. Will you go? He said, if that's what you want. I'm happy, I'm happy here. I'm happy to be here. This is where I'm working. I'm, I'm full-time. I said, if you are there, you will be more helpful. Yes, as a lay person. He said, I'll go if you say I should go. I organized, organized, organized. He was out. And he went to that country and he has been there ever since. Everything I need in that country is up to him, up to today. Yes, he's faithful. Still a lay person. I know how to do this. I know how to do that. I know how to change. I know how to change like this and like this. If you are an older lady and you know how to be a young lady, you'll be married seven times if necessary. Every time your husband dies or whatever or goes off, somebody is proposing to you. While there are young girls all, all around you, you'll see that you've changed again. Because you know how to flow like this and you know how to flow like this. Flexibility is necessary. You go to a job and they tell you, yeah, okay, we want to employ you to do this, this, this. And when they finish their interview, you say, well, I just have one condition. Yes? So I don't work after five. Pardon? So I don't work after five. Really? So yeah, after five, my mind doesn't work. I can't, I can't concentrate after five. Do you think they will like you? Do you think they will take you? As you've come for a new job, you are telling them that you don't work after five. After five, your mind doesn't work. It shuts down. How come when it comes to the house of God, you come with so many conditions? Lord, I want to work for you, but full time, never. It's out of the question. Or lay ministry is out of the question. Or this is out of the question. Or that is out of the question. Why do you come to God with conditions? Let's be ready to flow whatever God needs and whatever is good without conditions. Look at Daniel. So if it is with Belshazzar, okay. 
It's now with Babylon. Okay. It's a new commander has come. I flow with them. Once I met a, a, a Chinese man who was making fried rice in Accra. Yes. Yes, a Chinese man. He was making fried rice. So I asked him, how do you survive different, different things in Ghana? Where he has been for so many years making fried rice. He said, oh, everybody that comes, I'll fry it for you. It flows with everybody that comes. Yeah. Everybody has eaten his fried rice before. Yes, he's flexible. I see the lay ministry becoming a great thing in your life. Amen. And I know that by this message, I am making you focus on something rather than on yourself. Yes. Wow. And number seven. All right. Beautiful. This is the last point. Paul practiced lay ministry so that others would follow his good example. Amen. Acts 22, verse 32. Amen. Acts 22, and Acts 20, sorry, verse 32. Acts 20, verse 32. It says, now brethren, I commend you to God who is able to build you up. Amen. All right? And give you an inheritance. Verse 33. I have coveted no man's silver. Okay? All right? Next verse 34. You yourselves know. You yourselves know. That these hands have ministered unto my necessities and to them that were with me. Do you get it? You yourselves know it. You know it. And my hands my, my, have worked. I've, I preach in a church in Kinshasa. Huge church. The pastor was a doctor. Actually, the church is connected to the hospital. When you are standing in the pulpit, you see the words in Kinshasa. When, when you are standing in the pulpit, you see the words in the sick people, in the church, a big church. Yes. He said, you know, you know, my own hands, I work for myself. I've not taken money from you. But that also can become pride. Eh? You know, I don't need any of you. I don't need no nettle. <laughs> Verse 35. I have showed you all things. And what have I showed you? How that laboring, laboring, you ought to support the weak. Okay? You ought to support the weak. I've showed you a good example that in all things you ought to support the weak. The contemporary English version says, by everything I did, I showed you how you should work to help everyone who is weak. Remember that Jesus said, more blessings come from giving than receiving. And after Paul had finished speaking, he knelt down with all of them and prayed. Amen. Paul was saying, I've showed it to you myself. That I, I myself work hard. And, I, and I've done everything. So do you know why I am in full-time ministry? 
Because I felt the Holy Spirit telling me, give thyself holy. And one of the things that I was looking for to see whether I was really doing the right thing was to see how busy I would be in full-time ministry. That is something that I look at. Yesterday, I, I went to sleep around three. I was having some meetings. By six, I was awake, feeling very tired. And I was here for the service. This is my fourth service. Yes, this is my fourth service. And I'm on it. More things. That's why when some people look at you, are busy. I say, hey, stop. If you have something to do, I have thousands. You don't know. Different compartments. That's when I see art students mentioning words. I say, stop. My words are bigger. If I start mentioning adductor, longus, media, lose something, I start mentioning words, you can't stand it. I've decided not to mention the word. Don't mention your big words. So, what is point number one in today's message? Point number one is what? Go back to your notes. Or you are not writing anything. You are writing. Or you are sending WhatsApps. God knows the interpretation of that one. (laughs) What is point number one? Church planting is going to be helped by lay ministry. Clap for lay pastors. Clap for lay pastors. Clap for lay lay people who are working. Clap for them. Number two, they've done very well. They've done very well and they will do very well. As long as I am able to help, I'm going to make sure that lay people are wild people in the church. Yeah. Number two, it is possible. It is what? Possible. It's possible because they have done it. They've done it. If we haven't done it, you couldn't say so. But they've done it. And they are doing it. Most of these places, Europe, America, so they are all lay pastors. If you say that we have got a church there, they are all lay pastors. Full time one. They pastored us. They pastored our children. They've looked after people. They've cared for people. Last, last, a couple of weeks ago, I met one of our lay pastors in America. I remember, you know, one of us, our lady pastors died. Then after that, her husband also died. You know? So this pastor, he took the children. He took them into his house. And they, they, they live with him. They live with him. He has looked after them since their parents died. It's like that's their family. It's not paid by the church to do anything. It's just a pastor with a pastor's heart. And he described to me, he said, look, I was also in Takrade. I didn't have anything. And I needed whatever. And a, a lay, equally a lay pastor, he helped me. He said, I called him. I needed help. He, he told me, go to this office. Take this. Take this. Use it. That's how I came to America. He said, I remember all that has been done for me. He's looking after somebody's children. Nobody's asking for anything because he's the pastor and he's, he's a father to this uh, fatherless. Oh, my friend, I tell you, if you don't understand lay ministry and you don't value it, you, are, you don't understand what it gives us life and what is a blessing to us. And I want everybody to know that there is more that you can do 
even as a lay person. Don't look to the church as a source of uh, income. If necessary, and you need to be full-time, then flow. If necessary, you need to be a lay person, then you flow. Point number three. Point number three is what? Huh? The best New Testament example of a lay pastor is what? Apostle Paul. And number four, the best example of an Old Testament lay pastor is who? Daniel. That is why we have what we call the Danny Paul movement in the church. It's called the Danny Paul movement. Because Daniel and Paul are the best examples for us. Fantastic. Number five. Flexibility is necessary for lay ministry and full-time ministry to flow, interchange, depending on what we need. Depending on what we need. Bishop Richard is a good example of somebody who has been a lay person and a full-time. He was full-time ministry in Ghana. Many years ago, he went. When he arrived, I said, brother, find a job. There's no money here to give to you. Finally, he went and found a job. He was, he was doing, carrying boxes, doing so many things in the church. I mean, in the factory. Yeah. But you see him in the factory, you see that he's sweating, he's moving, he's holding this. Yes. Huh? In the city, wherever. Yes. He was doing things. Why not? You've not been a cleaner before? Too big, eh? If God wants you to be a cleaner for Jesus, will you not be a cleaner for Jesus? It's too big for you, you see. It's bigger than you, you see. Smaller than you. It's lower than you, eh? You are great, you see. Ask your neighbor, you are great, eh? You are great, you see. Too great, eh? (laughs) Everything God Lord wants us to do. Number seven. Paul practiced lay ministry so that others would follow his example. Stand to your feet. Lift your hand and pray just for a minute for yourself. Lord, I want to be involved in whatever lay ministry you give to me I want to be involved in it I want to do it I want to serve you I thank you Jesus I praise you Father which art in heaven thanks a million thanks a million just give yourself to the Lord We give you thanks. We give you thanks. We give you praise. We give you glory, Lord. We are grateful, Father. Sokeletruma plus bananurishe terimo sigeleteshe na mandole mamandala barakasato la babanda. Thanks a million. Thanks a million. Thanks a million for all that you have done. We give ourselves to you, Lord, and we promise we shall be involved in your work. And we are not going to hold back. Now we believe that we can have a part to play in this glorious ministry. Thanks, 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 Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And as every head is bowed and every eye closed, if you want to give your life to Jesus today, maybe somebody invited you.
to church. Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to God. If you are here like that, lift up your right hand and I'm going to pray with you. Pastor, somebody invited me. Somebody said to me, come to God. Come to church. And here I am. I can feel the presence of God. I can sense the spirit of God is moving. God wants to save you. God wants to change your life. You know, listen, look, look at me for a moment. You know, one, one, there was one guy he was talked to, he said, give your life to Jesus. You know what he said? He said, the life expectancy where I come from is 80. The life expectancy. And he said, I have 60 years more. You see, I have what? 60 years more. So, to think about what you are saying. But, the barrier to eternity is not, let's say, where the loudspeakers are or where the door is. The line to eternity is not there. The line to eternity runs by your side like this. So, at every stage of your life, you can step out into eternity. When you are 20, you can step out. When you are 30, you can step out. When you are 40, you can step out. When you are 50, you can step out. It's not something that you get there, then you step forward and you are out of it. That's not how you go into eternity. So as you sit there and as you say, oh, I have time. No, you don't have time. Today is the day that Jesus is calling you and he's saying, come to me. Come to me now. Give your heart and give your life. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you are here today, pastor, pray with me. I want Jesus to save my life. Jesus to change everything in me. If you are here and you want to give your life to God, just lift your hand. Stand wherever you are, but lift up your right hand. God bless you. God bless you. Lift it up high. I want you to pray with me, pastor. Help me to know God today. Help me to give my life to, to God and to give my life to Jesus. You want Jesus to save you, then your hand must be up. God bless you. I see all your hands. God bless you. Now, if your hands is lifted up, I want you to come to me. Come from where you are standing. Come, 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 come from, come, come all the way from the back. Come from the side. Come all the way. Come, come, come quickly. Come all the way. I want to pray with you. Jesus is calling you today. God bless you. God bless you. As you come to Jesus, give your life to him. Give your heart to him. God is calling you. God wants to save you. God wants to change your life. God bless you. Come on. Come on. Give your heart. God bless you. Come on, my friend. Come on, my brother. Come on, my sister. Jesus is calling. He wants to save you. He wants to save you. God bless you. Come from the back. Come from the side. God wants you. God is calling you. God wants to save you. God wants to change your life. Come on. He's saying that I could come into his presence without fear. Into that holy place where his mercy hovers in the Lift your hands in front here. Say this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, forgive me 
for my sins. I am sorry for all that I have done. Have mercy on me. Now say from your heart, Jesus, come into my life and change me. Save me. Forgive me. Have mercy on me. Today, I give my life and my heart to Jesus Christ. Please write my name. Now everybody should join. Say, please write my name in the book of life. I love you, Jesus. And I thank you, Jesus, for saving me today. Thank you, Lord, for healing me, for saving me. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I want to give you one of my books here very quickly. All right. And uh, all of you in front here, God bless you for coming to give your life to Jesus. This is the change in your life. Amen. I want you to go this way to uh, follow the lady with the signboard. Follow the lady with the signboard. What does it say on the signboard? Lift it up high. What does it say on the signboard? Botanical gardens. What does it say? Father's Day. Oh, okay. <laughs> you have to have one that says, follow me. All right? Make a nice one that says, follow me. Beautiful. How many are blessed today to be in the house of the Lord? Beautiful. Beautiful. Let's have our Holy Communion right now. You may sit down if you want. You may stand if you want. Take your Holy Communion. Take heed, this is my body, which was broken for you. Drink, this is my blood. Which was shed for you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. Yeah. The cup of blessing which we bless, it's the communion of the blood of Christ. The bread which we break. Communion of the body of Christ. Oh, this is the holy meal, the meal of God. Oh, yeah, it will sustain you. It Lift will your bread up. You hold. It will give you life when I see the blood. Oh, 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 oh yeah, I will pass over you. Father, thank you for this holy communion that you give to us. Bless us, O Lord, and minister to our bodies supernatural strength and healing. We love you. We thank you, Father, which is in heaven, the body of Jesus Christ. 
Now, how many have made a mistake before? God knew you would make mistakes before you made them. God knew. And God is going to use your mistake to work out something good for you. Yes. Now, through this holy drink, which is the blood of Jesus, whatever mistake you've ever made, receive reassurance this morning, this afternoon. Reassurance for forgiveness and mercy through the blood of Jesus. May every mistake you have ever made, may it stop being brought up against you in the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus Christ. Now lift your hands. May the Lord remember you and your prayers as he remembered Daniel and delivered him from the lion's den. May you be remembered and may you be delivered from the lion's den of your life. Whatever threatens your existence, I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Whatever threatens your life and changes your life, I curse it now in Jesus' name. Be released from the cave. Be released from the den of lions. Be released from the threatening roars and the frightening lions around you. May you see good things in the night. May you have good experiences in the evening. May you not live your life in fear and dread. In the name of Jesus Christ. The Lord who remembered Daniel remembers you today. The Lord who promoted Daniel promotes you today. The Lord who helped Daniel, may he help you today and all the time. In the name of the Father and of the Son, Jesus, who laid down in the grave and rose up triumphantly, may you also rise up triumphantly in the name of Jesus Christ. And everyone shouted, Amen. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.